Yo, yo, it's your girl Brianna coming at you with another episode of the Lip Smackers podcast. I am here with our, my amazing co-host. Millie, what's up everybody? Hello, and we are out here. We are recording at the Dugout Productions. Thank you guys for having us. We appreciate you all. Uh, How you been, girl? I've been good. I've just been enjoying this good weather. I mean, up until today. Um, I've been out a little bit more, so just excited for the summer. So, because summer has officially started, right? Yeah, it started on Monday, I believe. Okay, true, true. So, yeah, I mean, you know, since summer has kicked off, it's been very springy, the weather, you know. Meanwhile, it was like 80 degrees when it was technically spring. So, I'm just trying to, you know, but it's Chicago, so we can't be surprised. (laughs) So, true. How you been? What's going on? What's new? I've been good, Ty. You know, we had the, we had a very busy weekend. It was Juneteenth and Father's Day. And we had the boys, their birthday party. So oh, yeah. that was a lot, but it was a good time. Yeah, I had a ball. Juneteenth was fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. I went to a really nice event with a Chicago chef. Ooh. Yeah. So you fancy? It, it was kind of fancy. I liked it, though, just the way I like it. Okay. That, that's what's up. How was your Father's Day? My Father's Day was so good. Um, I hung with my brother and my father, got them out the way. You know, they don't need much. No. Guys are kind of pretty easy to shop for so true. true all they wanted to do was eat okay that was pretty much it so we okay. had a barbecue over the parents and i had a ball that's what's up that's what's up all right you want to get into the episode let's get into it boom okay so the first one i know we wanted to talk about what was it that we wanted to talk about it was i am drawing a our girl the track star shikari yes, yes richardson you know what Big up to that young lady. She's doing great things. She is. She smoked everybody. And she's 21. She's young. Right? Yeah. I think she's like super. And she's going to the Olympics. She is. Yep. I just want to say that is black girl magic. It is. Very much proud of her. Um, I love seeing, like I've said before, you know, I love seeing the young ones turn up and actually, you know, they're out here being seen. You know, for things that we're not normally seen for. So I'm I'm very proud of what our youth is doing out here, the things they're accomplishing. Um, congratulations to that young lady again. And there was other young African-American women who are going to the Olympics as well. I don't recall their names, but it was like a slew of them. After it's a she... lot of them. And they're coming from historically black colleges as well, which really gives me like all the feels. I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and then I like her whole vibe. I mean, you come in with all these various wigs on, the hair's long, the I nails love it. done. I'm just like, okay, do it. Show I love them. it. I think Kevin on stage, he had made the tweet saying, you know, she has a special place in my heart because of the fact that she's out here with her weave and yes. her and her nails and things of that nature. And I'm just like, I fuck with that. Like, for real. Like, that's a real, that's a real thing. Because, you know, they try to give those images like, to only be like ghetto. ghetto, you know what I mean? Hood, you know, yeah, she's good for music videos or something like that. But it's like, no, she did that. Track star. Yep. Took off records. on your ass. <laughs> Quick. Quick. <laughs> Took off on their ass. You know what I'm saying? At one so, point, I'm like, it looked like she flying. So, congratulations to that young lady again. It was beautiful. So, next we've got Britney Spears. Um, I'm not exactly sure if you're familiar with the whole legal situation between her and her dad. All I know is that I know he had control over her finances, right? So he has her, I believe she's in a, it's called a conservatorship. Um, Pretty much he sees over her assets and he can pretty much control like how much she works. She's not able to make any decisions, of course, by herself right now. Yeah. So what happened was after her mental break situation in 2008. Oh, with the Kevin Federline thing. Yeah, they believed it best that. You know, she wasn't able to make these decisions by herself. So it was ruled that her dad would. So, but unfortunately, he's been overworking her, things of that nature. So that's why, like, there would be videos when they would, you know, when people would say, oh, my God, you see that video that she posted on Instagram? She looks crazy. It's because she's overworked and she's, she can't not work. You know what I mean? Like, it's very unfortunate. So recently, um, an article came out because, you know, she's in the process of trying to get out of this relationship with her dad. And right now it's it came out that apparently he's been drugging her and then oh, you know wow. or forcing her to take birth control or something like that. Like it's just really unfortunate. Um it's been it's been sad to see. 
Because when I look at her, you can just tell that she's just not right. Yeah, she doesn't seem like the happy Britney that, you know, had the songs out that we all just loved. But now it just seems like she does look tired and drained. Yeah, you know, and it's just sad. It's like I be looking at my childhood stars and I'm just like, not Britney. You know what I'm saying? She seems like a sweet girl. She doesn't deserve this. You know, like my poor baby. She's been getting hell since the whole Kevin Featherline thing. I agree. To be honest. I agree. And it's sad because it's like so many child actors or performers, they go through so much. But Mm -hmm. we're seeing it so publicly. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's sad. Agreed. So, yeah, so that's going around. So, hashtag free Britney because, you know, we got to protect women. Yeah, protect our women. And I just think, I think it's unfortunate what money will do to family because for her to go through that with her dad unnerves me. Like, whenever I hear people, like, getting into really serious money issues with their family, it's like, wow, like. How's her dad going to work her like a slave, though? Seriously. I know. It's just really unfortunate to see. So hopefully she's a, she's given some justice. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She's released from said contract and things of that nature. So Did she have a um a documentary come out about it? You know, I feel like I feel like I don't think about that specifically. Okay. No, I okay. feel like it's something you kinda have to follow like on Twitter, um, or just like other articles. Okay. To like understand like what's going on. But like I remember but yeah, I remember seeing a video of hers and you know at the time my baby daddy was like yeah no because she's dealing with this with her dad and i feel like now it's starting to come to the light where everyone's seeing like oh no she's really like a prisoner like you know he's got her 60 million fortune like all that like he's like yeah but that happened so she entered into it in 2008 yeah it's 2021 right which is why she's trying to and she pled her case she's pleading her case saying like well you know me working is actually what's funding these people's pockets so clearly i have enough mental to do that so that i shouldn't need him so it's like i'm not exactly sure what the hold up is i don't know all the the legal terms but yeah he's probably trying to make her seem unfit Mm. because we're crazy right Mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me so that he can keep control i mean who want to give up control over a million dollar product i know but it shouldn't be your dad that's that you have these issues with that's what that's what upsets me but Free Britney, I, I'm hoping that there's light at the end of the tunnel with that situation for her because it's really unfortunate. Me too, because that's sad. Yeah. And I like Britney. Not, a lot. Like, you will have me go back. I bought her uh, Greatest Hits album. I sure did. Like, <laughs> she got some jams. Like, don't do Miss Spears. So, Listen, stop playing with her. For that now. Don't, don't do play with that. her. Don't play with her. But... Going forward, um, you heard what Trick Daddy said about your girl, right? So, okay. You know, I don't, sometimes I don't be having the time to always listen to the source. Okay. All right, so I did not hear his exact words. From my understanding, he was on his radio or podcast, and I don't know if he was asked or if he just volunteered, but he felt like she's not that good of a singer. Is that what he said? Yes. Okay. I okay. Was he asked or was this volunteer? <laughs> but what? But did he I'm, just, I'm not sure if he was asked, but I'm pretty sure. It was I respect. Volunteer. I respect opinions when they're when they're asked. Mm. I don't respect them when you just volunteer shit. I don't. I, under, I don't understand. Mm. Like I, I said, I've said before, I'm trying to change, but this is just me. But I just feel like you know, you shouldn't just wake up and choose violence with people. Like I feel like you know. You shouldn't just wake up and decide, hey, you know, I'm going to just say you actually ain't all that. You actually ain't shit. Yeah, that praise that you get, you actually don't deserve it. Like, I don't think we should wake up doing that no more. Like, it goes into our positivity conversation we had. You know what I mean? Like. But Trick Daddy has to stay relevant in some type of way. No, he's old. He don't have to. He's It's over. <laughs> well, he's going to try. It's he's any- going to try. He's going to try. And you're going to have your restaurant shut down because you got angry beehivers leaving reviews on your shit. Think about that. Because your old ass decided to wake up. That's what attack Beyonce. That's what I'm But But what I'll say about this, I'm never going to say Beyonce can't sing. That's okay. I'll say this. I think she's a better performer. Now, she's a strong performer. She know how to put on a show. Mm-hmm. I will not say that she's the strongest vocalist out right now. 
I personally like Jasmine Sullivan's voice and how she sings a little bit more. I, I, I like that. Now, as far as putting together a great album where you can jam to it, yeah, Beyonce can do that, but I've never been a Beyonce fan. I, it's funny because you, you called her my girl, but to my other friends, she actually views me as a hater of Beyonce because I've said, I don't, like, I'm a fan of Beyonce, but at the same time, like, I'm not the, the fan of Beyonce. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't trip and run when she announces, like, you know, a, a tour and things of like, I don't try to scrap up my coins and stuff like that. But no. I do recognize her hustle. I recognize that lady's work ethic. I'm not going to talk about her vocal ability because the lady can hit notes that I can't. So it's like, I'm going to let her have that. But as far as like, and then it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm well-versed in music. To even know, like, who's a better vocalist, per se. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, if, if but if I was to go based off of my knowledge, like, Kiki, what's her name? Kiki Wyatt? Wyatt? Kiki Wyatt oh, baby, is she a, kills um, everybody. But I remember having, because somebody tried to say, you know, Beyonce's only successful because she's light-skinned. I said, well, that's wrong, too, because Kiki is lighter than her and actually has a more powerful voice. So, if anything, like, I get... You know, maybe she's not the best singer, but that girl works. Yeah, her that, work that, ethic that girl, is unmatched. That girl works, and that's one thing I really respect about Beyonce. Like she gets it done. But I don't know. I, I like her voice. Shit, I can't. I, I can't keep up. So you know, the day I can surpass her and her <laughs> vocal ability. It's the day I will talk about what she can't and can't do. <laughs> Listen, I'll enjoy her album. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed her albums. And I've seen her perform. I feel like once you've seen one Beyonce performance, you've seen them all. I don't, I don't feel that now. I, I ain't going to lie. Even I don't feel that way. I do. I don't know. I've seen her about three times. And I'm like, she's going to dance great. She's going to sing. She's going to go back and forth. She's going to give you the theatrics. Um, and it's like, cool. But I guess because I'm just not that much of a Beyonce, like, mm -hmm. fan, I, I was like, okay, I'm ready for Jay-Z to come out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get that. I don't have a problem with her, but it's just like, if we talking about fandom, I love Rihanna. I, I'll, I'll fan out for her. I don't understand that comparison. It, it's they're not, not the same. They're not It's though. not the same. But when I'm talking about a female artist who I just love and like. I'm into, then Rihanna's that person. I feel you. Um, but like I said, I mean, Beyonce, cool. Trick Daddy, please stop. I, I feel just, like he was looking for attention. I, and that that's that was my only thing. If he was asked, if he was asked, okay, let it fly. The whole waking up and choosing violence thing is over. Yeah. And that's a young person's sport. Yeah. To be very honest, that is nobody <laughs> with established businesses who's trying to have these businesses be successful. That's not nothing no senior citizen should be doing. Oh, she called this man a senior citizen. I'm not about to play I'm with you. I'm not being funny. Like, <laughs> like, but I'm just keeping it a buck. So, sir, I hope we all learned that when we wake up, we mind our business. We eat our Cheerios, and we go on about our day. And if we're asked about it, then we can give these salacious hot takes. Yeah. Until then, hush. And she said that. I was that was just I don't know because that was who does that just. I'm just on a new wave, so when I see certain things, I'd be like, y'all, you wilding. You know, people be <laughs> reaching so hard; they be reaching for so much attention. That's why. I, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff going in social media this week, and I'm like, I, we don't even need to speak on all of it because no. some of it's just too much. Mm -mm. Girl, I be taking breaks. You see, I so do much attention. I be making I my TikToks. I don't pay attention to, to what's going on no more. <laughs> I be making my TikToks, writing my skits, trying to figure out how I'm going to be great. That's it. Period. That's it. That's that. all. I eat my Cheerios and mind my business. Mm -mm. Not these eating these <laughs> Cheerios. They're good for your heart. <laughs> for your cholesterol. You're so silly. <laughs> Cut it out. I'm not about to play with you. Oh, man. All right. So are we ready for the main event? Yes. We actually have a special guest with us this time. We sure do. Do you want to... Do you, you want ready to introduce yourself, Miss Lady? Yeah. So my name is Jasmine. I'm a 
high school teacher now, which is crazy. I'm also a mom. That's probably my full-time thing. And I'm a PhD student Ooh. in community psychology. And I'm focusing on trauma-informed healing spaces for black parents. So my whole life is just a journey of healing, pretty much. Because yes. you're an activist, um, I would say, right? Yes. In the community. I'm always um, outside. You know, when I was pregnant, I was not outside because I was huh? just too big and tired. I was like, this is not it. Mm-hmm. But now my kid is like, you know, functional enough where he can play with other kids while I'm like at rallies and stuff. So, and the city just opened back up. So I've been back outside. I've done a lot of virtual things, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about, like virtual protests, okay. virtual like. You know what? I really. We had been talking about getting somebody on the show because we wanted somebody to come on here and talk about the city with us and, like, you know, the violence. And with Summer being here, you know, what we can do to change Chicago and how we have our summers and what they be looking like. You know what I'm saying? And so when she said that she knew you, I was like, maybe she can come on the episode (laughs) because that would be really cool because I'm I'm always interested in getting more involved in the community. Um, Yeah. And, like, what we what I can do to be a part of the change and stuff like that. Like, I'm one of those Chicagoans where it's like, I love Chicago. I hate the violence. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to leave it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to leave it. Yeah. So, so, what can I do to make this a little bit better? Because I got boys. We all got sons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, it's like, you know, because I don't, I don't really see myself anywhere else and mm-hmm. popping off. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I ain't trying to be that yeah. person. You know, I want to get our shit back together and you know yeah. we just be involved and so thank you for coming no on the problem, episode with no us problem. i want to start off by saying that thank yeah. you it is my pleasure how long have you been into activism um i probably started in college so i went to a very <laughs> white twi in ohio <laughs> um i got a full scholarship to go there at a high school okay hold on we can't knock that so you got your full ride yes right? i got a full ride and like the scholarship that i got is called the posse scholarship and the whole purpose is to send students of color to predominantly white institutions who are very strong in like addressing racism and classism and like all of these things um we go through trainings for like a year before we go away to college so we can basically be like the change makers of our campus and when i originally got the scholarship i was like oh this is lit like i get free money to go to school and just like talk but what i didn't realize is like the environment that i was going to i was in like rural ohio my school is predom- was predominantly white, but the town surrounding the school was majority black. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, the school was, like, very wealthy. Their endowment is, like, $60 million. But the the town is poor. Most people make, like, less than $13,000 a year. Like, so it was uh-huh. just, like, this vast difference of, Baby. like, being at this college with all these resources and then, like, seeing folks at restaurants and stuff who, like, yeah. you know, Had were nothing. doing the best that they could, like, mm-hmm. like they could do. So... The campus was crazy. My first my first year, there was, like, a KKK member on our campus walking around with, like, his hood and stuff on. And Are I lived serious? in African Heritage dorms. So, of course, like, most of the black students on campus were centrally located on South Campus. So, it was just, like, a whole experience. CNN was there. They said it was a hoax. Like, black kids, the black students were lying. You know, we were finding, like, the N-words, spray-painted on buildings. It was a whole thing. And oh, I was wow. like, y'all from Chicago... Chicago is very segregated, and I have never in my life, like, been called the N-word. Like, this is just, like, a whole thing. I think about things like that. Like, if I was to ever be in, like, predominantly white spaces, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've never been disrespected, like, directly. Yeah. So I do not know how I would even react to that. It's like, It was crazy. And so I think, like, of course, like, all the training we had did, was great like we could have those conversations like i think it really equipped us for like sitting down at meetings with like the president of the college or like the multicultural resource center but like when somebody's calling you a nigger and you just like are walking home from class it's just nobody prepares you for that and i was in that environment for four years and it probably was it was very traumatizing but i learned like a lot of resources and skills as far as activism i was in college when tamir rice was murdered in cleveland so we did a lot of organizing around getting from Oberlin to Cleveland, which is like a 40-minute drive. And uh, people in Cleveland were lit, like, okay. standing on the highway. Like, they really, like, turned up in that regard. And so it really showed me that people are willing to, like, give their lives for black people to be equal and free in many ways. And that was kind of my introduction into activism. And then I feel like becoming a teacher, 
in a black neighborhood with black kids is important for a school system that does not value black kids was just like activism all day. I really had to like teach parents how to speak up for their kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what's best for your kid. If you feel like your child is not able to concentrate in this environment, you need to advocate for them to be pulled out. You need to advocate for them to have like an individual plan of learning. You need to like speak up for them. And I lived in a neighborhood that I taught. So the parents would see me at the grocery store. So I feel like it was a lot more that this lady is like telling us, you know, to speak up for our kids. And then on Saturday, she's at the rally, like trying to get our neighborhood a grocery store. So mm -hmm. she, it was very easy to do. And then once I graduated and became a teacher, this past January, I was driving home with my son. Somebody shot through my car, shot me in the leg. I could not walk for six months. That this was the past January. Yeah. January 2021, my kid was in a my, my kid was in a car with me he was probably like 14 months at the time they mistook my truck for somebody else which was like crazy because i've been in chicago my whole life and i i grew up in the ghetto like i tell people all the time like i really grew up in the hood it was a different set of rules and regulations when it came to like what women and children could and do with kids and children and elderly yeah. people and now yeah. it's just like free for all and also if the person who and I saw the person walking up to my car to shoot me like for real for real. I was oh looking him God. dead I in didn't the face. Even know that. I was looking him dead in the face. I was on the phone with my mom and I'm like, my they about to start shooting. So if you hear me speed off, like I've been shot. And before I could even get the sentence out, they shot through my car, shot me through the leg. I had to pull my car like to a main street. I thought they shot my kids. Like it was a whole experience, but if they just would have waited 30 seconds longer, they would have been like, oh, it's a girl in the car. Yeah. She got a baby on board sign, like her kid is in there. Like, let's chill. This is not who we're looking for. And I think that my instinct as a mom just is, was like, bye. Like, I'm not waiting to see if this person is looking for me or who they look for. I'm just right. going to drive off. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like that saved me and my kid. Um, And so I think, just thinking about Chicago, there's just really, like, no lack of structure. And I tell people all the time, like, even though I've been shot, I still love the city of Chicago. Like, I love living here. I've been here my whole life. But I think that, like, we have to look at all the things that we lack mm -hmm. in communities of color. Because people just don't go buy guns and be like, I'm going to go shoot people today. This is, like, what I've been wanting to do my whole life. We need right. youth I've been wanting to we shoot up. Need youth we definitely We failed the youth. They have no youth centers. I, mm -hmm. I used to always talk about, I'm like, you be watching little stupid fucking sitcoms, little comedies. I'm like, why do these kids always got a fucking hangout spot? Yeah. They don't have that. Well, like, tree houses. Don't know hangout like, spot. We, we know don't. the safe backyard. After school, go we going to, home, yeah. G. Like, that's it. Like, Honestly, a youth center is like the biggest goal that I have mm -hmm. for my life right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything leads up to me having a youth center. I think that it's so important. These kids right now, it's, they're so talented and they're so smart. And they really so just need direction. Uh-huh. If yep. you give them a place to learn how to... Do podcasting, learn how to run a studio, video, whatever. video, hair, clothes, design, all, nails, all of all that. that. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, I'm trying to tell y'all. Yeah. I know I over talk about TikTok, but them kids over there is creating major movie quality production. Dances. If man, they have some money, mm -hmm. if they have somewhere where they could go do that, yeah. they would be much better. They would turn out to be much better. They would have uh -huh. a shot. You know yeah. what I'm yeah, saying? And I feel like, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of opportunities. There aren't a lot of chances mm -hmm. for these young people to actually put that energy somewhere. Yeah. And all they can think about is, I need to make a dollar. And so yeah. it's like, now they turn to other activities. Uh -huh. And it's just be like, yeah. so it's like, I really, the goal, hopefully one day, and I want to be a part of that too, of getting a youth center, more youth centers. There's yes. like a few, There's but it's, there's not enough. It needs to be it's, so much more. And I feel like the thing with it is like, yeah, these kids, they do need money. They don't have the guidance. What do you do with the children who are left alone? Yeah. They don't have anybody. Like you've yeah. seen kids on the street begging for change at the corner yeah. uh -huh. and things like uh -huh. that. We see that so often. Where are your parents? Yeah, and, and and now, like, my whole shift in my doctoral research is really, like, where are the parents, for real, for real? And really, I think that, like, we're under the impression that because you can physically create children, like, your body can bring life into this world that you know how to parent. Mm -mm. And that is not the case. And so, 
even speaking to like black and brown parents, like they're like, well, my mama, we wasn't taken care of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, so I have we, all these kids and I like don't know what to do. And if there were even programs for parents to say like, you, this is a healthy meal that you can create for five dollars. Yes. Like, so I yes. think that there's just like a lack of resources, like generationally, like even grandparents who like parents were like enslaved or a part of the crack era. Like, can you imagine them having to grow up as kids and kind of getting it out the mud and trying to figure it out? Then them having kids and not knowing what to do. Then right. their kids having kids. So I think like. Chicago as a city just is very performative. It really like irks my soul. We want to build bridges and rename streets and doing all of this, but like people are telling you that my community has no grocery store. Mm-hmm. My the schools are failing like and the mayor or like the people in power will be like, "We're going to rename this street like Martin Luther King Drive." And it's like that's great. We love having streets named after black people, but like that's not actual change mm-hmm. and then just as an organizer, seeing organizations, particular organizations, being able to raise like $500,000 and nobody on their board lives in black and brown neighborhoods. Like right. nobody is connected to the people. And so grassroots folks literally live next door to the people they're trying to organize with and cannot raise $20. Like struggle to raise $500, have to literally go and like get into debt with like businesses or try to figure out like shares of information and resources to even get somebody to blow up a bouncy house at a cookout yeah that's like about gun violence so it's just like very is it a process like so like you've organized events Mm -hmm. and you've probably i don't know now how far you've gotten as far as like maybe trying to get laws changed i don't know if you've ever gotten Mm -hmm. that far with you know your efforts, but like when you try to organize events and things, what is the process? Because I don't even, I've never even, yeah. I would like to understand like what that process looks like, like for future reference. Because yeah. I would love to like facilitate one of these. Yeah, but so, like sort of like a grocery store. Say yeah. you need a grocery store, right? So I think the first thing is just like there has to be, a, you have to be able to prove that there is a need, mm-hmm. and the problem with a lot of organizing is that the voice of people in the community is not valued. So, like, Granny Ma from 79th can't, like, go to a meeting and be like, I've lived here for 70 years and we've never had a grocery store because her voice is not valued. There has to be, like, a... There has to be, like, a capitalistic aspect to organizing, which is Mm -hmm. terrible to say because capitalism is literally... I just talked about this on my Instagram this morning. Capitalism is, like, the antithesis to community. You cannot, like, be part of a capitalistic society where, like, everything is money value and say you're doing work with black and brown people because historically we know anything that develops income puts black and brown people at the bottom. So it's like to even get a grocery store to a community, you have to like, there has to be a certain level of income for, there has to be a buy-in. So if I was a grocery store chain owner and I wanted to bring a grocery store to, to South Shore what is the buy-in here? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have stereotypes that, well, black people don't eat fresh fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Black people don't, you know, they want, like, processed foods. So if I'm, if if one of the issues as an organizer that I see is that these kids are drinking red juice and eating Flamin' Hots for breakfast, and I'm telling you, I don't want that at the grocery store that we're trying to bring, then it's like this, now we combative. I technically need you to build the store. You're the person with the with the capital to bring the grocery store here. But at the same time, like, I know it's best for my community. So it's either one of two things. Either I'm going to, like, have to put my, like, morals and values aside mm-hmm. and let them bring this grocery store that's only going to sell high crunchy curls and processed meat and, like, all of this greasy food to the neighborhood just so we can have something for the people. Or I'm going to keep my morals and values at the forefront. And that may mean five or ten more years without a grocery store. Oh so gosh, it's like literally sad. this back and forth pull and push with folks. And it's very hard to align yourself with corporations because a lot of corporations just really don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's no, just, they they want to put on a, they yeah, it's take like, a picture it's like and I make need, it seem like it. If I'm going to bring my corporation here, I need money. Like my, mm-hmm. we can, like there has to be a profit gain there cannot be a loss like there has to be value for me to come here and then like it'll be different if 
grandma from the community could get a small business loan to open her own fresh food shop in a neighborhood where she can she knows the needs of the community she can have the money to buy all this produce and stuff but then we go into like issues with banks and racism with banks yep. and banks struggle or do not want to give black people loans so it's like really the whole system is really set up for community organizing to be very very hard mm. and i went this lady came to our college in, from new york when i was in undergrad and she bought a school bus gutted a school bus created a fresh food market on wheels and so she drives around the bronx and brooklyn and people can directly buy food from her but she was like y'all when i tell y'all and she's like first of all my appearance as a large stature dark-skinned black woman mm -hmm. walking mm -hmm. into spaces asking for money was very intimidating. And she was like, I'm from the Bronx and I don't care. Like, I know what's best for the people in my neighborhood and right. I really had to, like, advocate and that rubs a lot of people the wrong way because people wanted her to compromise a lot. Like, well, just take this money from this person. And she like that. If I take money from them, like, I'm going to be in debt to somebody that will call me the N-word behind my back. Yep. Yeah. Like, and I don't want to do that. So she really was like, I had to, like, do grassroots fundraising. And that takes a long time to ask people that you know, like, you will be a part of this stakeholder if you give me $100 toward the school bus. Or finding people in a neighborhood who, like, used to be skilled at construction work. Like, I have to, if you come and help me revamp the bus, I'll be able to pay you X, Y, Z amounts of money. That takes a longer period of time than being able to, like, bring in a large construction company to to do the bus in two days. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like, so even the process of getting people in my community to come and be skilled laborers on this project and get them to buy into it, it took a lot of time because when you're doing it on your own and you're not taking money from large corporations, it elongates the amount of time that it takes to like do a project mm -hmm. and so a lot of people get discouraged because you tell folks like i'm bringing a fresh food market to the hood and they see mariano's pop up and yeah. that project took six months yeah mm -hmm. but your fresh food bus is taking three years to build and people start getting discouraged and so then once again we have to go and buy from these large corporations we have to go and spend money at these large chain grocery stores that don't really value us they they see us as a dollar we come into the grocery store you being followed around or mm -hmm. you know it's these very you know you're not treated well people smacking your groceries in the grocery bag and <laughs> yeah. nobody is saying hello to you when you come in or the the, the cash register people our black and brown folks who literally been working a 14-hour shift. 14 they exhausted. Shift. Yep. Without a break. Versus yep. you being able to go to the fresh, you know, the fresh food truck where you know that's your neighbor. She loves you. She, hey, good morning, giving you free stuff for the kids. And part yeah. of her initiative is that with the groceries that they buy from the fresh food, but she gives them recipe cards. So, like, if this is your first yes. time seeing an yes. eggplant, here are some bomb recipes that you could cook at home. So, she's, like, also teaching, like, food education. But she was just like, I had to tell people, like, don't give up hope. Like, I'm really about to do this. I am, it may take a little bit longer, but, like, I'm coming. Like, I'm don't. A, I love that she did yeah. that, though. I'm going to say this. I feel like our generation is going to be the one to fix up our community. Yeah. So. Because I feel like a lot yeah. of us do feel the same way we do, mm -hmm. and we see what we need. We see what we're lacking. Yeah. I, too, I have a friend. She's trying to start up a fresh produce store mm -hmm. in the High Park neighborhood because of the fact they don't have one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go, bitch, go. So I'm mm -hmm. waiting on her to announce it so I can yeah. get the name. Yeah, But, yeah. like, yeah. Like, you know, our our I feel like our generation understands what needs to be done. A lot of us just ain't got no money. Mm, or yeah. the people who did get the money, they're spending it terribly, but that is a different conversation. Yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. but, I love Chicago. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that. And I, but I see, but I want to, I just want to make sure that we're telling people how we can start the change. Yeah. Because it's like a change needs to happen. Mm -hmm. A change needs to happen. And I like the fact that the lady even gave people recipe cards. Yes, that's like. Because I feel like you give people a link card, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't teach them nutrition. Uh huh. So how, what, are, they're going to go into the store and they're going to buy what they feel like is quick stuff. Yeah. They, they buy up with they, yeah. chemicals, uh -huh. sugar, sugar, yeah. all types of stuff that's horrible for us and for your babies. Yeah. And then it's like, 
Well, all they eat is junk. Well, that's not true because a lot of people don't like to go out to eat and actually eat really good food. Yeah. So if you teach them how to buy that type of food. And cook it. And cook it and that it won't take as long as you think mm-hmm. that it will. Then they can eat differently. And we yeah. won't have to worry about kids walking around rotten teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, their bones diabetes, all brittle. All types of stuff. Yeah. All types of stuff. Kids are having diabetes young. Man. Seriously, like nail, like hair, hair, the follicles in their hair is not healthy. Their nails don't grow. Like literally just like stuff that just was just out of the ordinary. And part of like community organizing is a lot of the stuff we do is like research. Like we literally sit and we'll research our neighborhood and like the history of our neighborhood. And we got to think about like back when, you know, like factories and stuff were like a thing they were dumping that stuff into water dumping that stuff into the soil that the plants were supposed to grow in so the grocery stores were picking this stuff food has all type of mercury all type of high levels of lead and and so to think about just like how much work has to be done to reverse the damage that has been done it's a lot of work it's like we got to heal the babies and heal their parents heal their parents i was just gonna say start with the mental heal the the great grandparents it does and a lot of, like, in the black community, like, our generations are still alive. Like, great-grandma's still alive. Grandma's still alive. Mama's alive. Mama is a kid now. So it's not just, like, we can do one workshop with the mom. We have to do a workshop with the grandma. We got to yes. teach the great-grandma yes. because they taught their generations what they knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes I feel like the the activism in Chicago is very like one lens like we only work with 18 to 25 year olds or we only work with 7 6 to 12 year olds and it's like no it's everyone you have to have a multi-tier approach where mm-hmm. you working with the 80 and 90 year olds you working with 50 and 60 year olds you working with the 30 and 20 year olds and you working with the kids because if they if you're teaching mom how to teach teach cook healthy food but then the kids go to grandma's house and she don't know how to do that they're going to eat unhealthy food at grandma's house yes. because nobody has talked to grandma. Nobody has sat grandma down or like as a mom, you know, I, I've been blessed with a wonderful parent, but it's certain things that my mom didn't know. Like I don't whoop my kid and people think that's just like a mind blowing concept. And I'm just like, first of all, my kid is 19 months old. He does not know what a whooping is. He don't even know like what the world is. He was born in COVID. So he's been in the house his whole <laughs> life. So he goes outside and he's just like, this is my first time, like, learning life. If he gets frustrated or something or he breaks a toy, like, what? A, me whooping him for breaking the toy is, what? what is the lesson or the moral in that? And yeah. so when I, like, take him to my mom's house, you know, I tell my mom, like, this is how I want to raise my kid, you know. This is how I'm choosing for him to be taught. And my mom has to unlearn a lot of things because, you know, in the old days, it's like, pop your kid. Mm-hmm. Pop him in the mouth, hit him, spank him, put him in a corner. And I'm not saying that we were traumatized, but when we got older, a lot of stuff was just like, mm, Oh, no, some people was definitely should have yeah. had DCFS called on them. Yeah, yeah. Like, when awesome. I hear about some, because we wasn't, I've gotten whoopings. Uh-huh. So when I hear people be like, oh, you shouldn't even touch your child, I'd be like, well, I've turned out fine, I got whoopings. But then I'd be hearing that people was getting, like, shoes thrown at them. Yeah. Like, extension cords. And I'm like, that's yeah. actually, yeah, nah. and I'm like, no, nah, that's actually abuse. And I'm, the black community needs so much restructuring. Mm-hmm. Yes. It needs so much restructuring, mental, and like you said, it is generational. Because like you said, it's like, I be trying to teach my sons different things. And then I'm like, parents don't do that that way. Uh-huh. Like, because, I'm sorry, your way didn't wasn't good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I'm okay, but I, I'm actually fucked up from the shit that you like, did. Like, I actually to, to therapy, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah. I actually, <laughs> I actually, yeah. I actually yeah. work very hard. To not be the person that you raise. So it's uh-huh. like, you know, it really is a restructure of everyone. But I feel like our generation is the, we're aware of it. Very and much now so. I feel like our generation and the generation underneath us. It's like we're aware of like some of this stuff is like, nah, we, we let it go. But that shouldn't be a thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. the de- desensitization mm-hmm. of certain type of things. But I hope that. So what I'm hearing, though, to get a grocery store is that one of us needs to get rich. Yeah, so pretty, or, pretty much. Or so like they need. So we and, need. So we need to get rich, so we can be the ones that people will listen to. Yeah, and, and we're I the mean, ones who knows what we want in the store. Yeah, right? we, and I don't think we understand like the the value of our money. Like people I'm not we, telling we people don't. what to do with their coins, but it's just like 
survive. <laughs> it's like really how much money we spend on things we don't need. And last year I started like this whole minimalist journey and people be like, you don't got stuff in the house? Like, no, it's my kid has a trampoline and everything. Like I buy things for my son, but the money that I spend on things that are not important to me, like why do I need 400 cups? And it's me and a half human in the house. Mm-hmm. I need you a cup. He needs a cup. We got two cups. The, I don't want to mm-hmm. open my cabinet and it's 60 cups because what, why have, when I think about how much money I've spent on cup, why? So it's really just like, I could have one set of cups, which is four cups for me, four cups for my baby, and take that 500 extra dollars I'm going to spend at Target on cups and plates and 17,000 dresses that look the same in different colors and go and give it to somebody that's trying to start a grocery store. Give You get $50, the other person get $50, and that $50 times all the people that spend their money on all this extra stuff could really be a community center. Don't, it could yeah. be school supplies for the kids. The restru- when I say restructuring needs to happen, it needs to happen because even to the spending, we don't know how to spend. We do not. Because when I say, consumers. listen, y'all, y'all got the pandemic money, and I should have been seeing people buying buildings. Period. I should have been seeing our community flourishing. I'm seeing fucking slingshots in residential ass neighborhoods. I'm seeing Jaguar Does that make with with potholes everywhere? Are you serious? We missed the whole okay. point we of the, the opportunity. We, we could have. But like I said, we are here to help people understand the error of their ways. We missed the mark. <laughs> we did miss the mark. All that money, all that money, and I'm seeing nothing but. Not, I'm not saying you can't get designer stuff. All I saw was designer. But the line that Louis Vuitton was like, ridiculous. See, it was so dumb. The, the line of Louis Vuitton, the line of Gucci. Y'all forgave Gucci fast, really fast, and I have a problem with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. Their stuff is not that fire for you guys to just forgive them for that foolishness. Oh, because they said they were sorry? No, it went through the creative process and was put out. Marketed. I I have no time. Mass produced. And I just think like, man, it's just... And I talk to people all the time, and they like, girl, I never thought about that. And I'm like, what? They, no, they and don't. And maybe it's just like no, mind-blowing to me, but no. it's like, y'all, I really be at Target. Like, why do I go to Target for... A, a bottle of juice and come out with a TV. Girl, like, like yeah. what is wrong with me that, like, I spend $1,000 on a TV when I already have a TV in my house when I could sp- put that in a savings account? Like, I just... Or I went on I'm trip. really into, like, black people need to get a financial advisor. Got, yeah, I just yeah. got a financial advisor. She taught me how to set my kid up a, a account where it grows interest and depending on if he wants to go to college or not, he gonna have... Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to do whatever he needs to do. Me setting up a retirement account outside of my job. Like, a lot of people think, oh, my 401k. Baby, when you lose that job, you lose that money. And that's just what it is. And people, like, are not aware of the fact that, like, nobody is. When I I started my job as a teacher, I didn't even know how to clock in. Like, nobody sat me down and was like, this is how you put your hours in a computer. I was going weeks without being paid. So it's just like an exchange of even information could shift a lot of the black community just telling people how to do things. Y'all told people how to get the PPP loan and they ain't got no business. So imagine if we was teaching people this is how you legally start a business. This is how you go get an LLC. This Uh is really how you 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 start a retirement account. This is how you go into the grocery store and determine which fruit is ripe, which fruit is going to rot fast, which one is healthy for your kid, which one has seeds. This is how you cook this. This is how you do this. This is how much time your child needs to be outside in fresh air. This is how many times, this is how quiet it needs to be in your house for your child to get a good night's sleep. Like, small lessons that over a large period of time amongst multiple people could really change the neighborhood. Like, we could have block parties and turn up, but y'all know it's kids on the block. At 10 o'clock, y'all, y'all got to cut the fireworks out. These babies not getting no sleep. They coming to school tired because y'all turned up and y'all have no respect or regard for everybody else that's on your block. Y'all know it's the elderly woman on your block. She can't drive. Why nobody take her to the grocery store? Yeah. She just going to starve in there, huh? We but you got a new Jaguar truck. You're not going to use the Jaguar truck to take grandma to the grocery store <laughs> yeah. and help her survive. And it's just like, do whatever you want to do with your money. I'm all for spending the coin. Do your thing. But what can we do with our money that can like create a 
an ecosystem of people that of support yes. one yes. another. It's just like this is my money. It's, it's like we're just getting money and spending it. We're not flipping it at we're all. And we're getting, very selfish. I'll tell you what we're, we're doing. We're, not, we're very selfish. We're what not we're doing. Flip, is. We're not flipping it at all. It's like y'all, you got twenty k. Yep. Make it sixty. But see, we want to get the money 80, to be like, you know oh, saying? I'm just as good as the white people. Uh-huh. I want to yeah. show that I'm I'm not like those black people. I'm this black person. Anybody who think like that, cut it out. And white people still not going to accept you. They don't. Because the reality <laughs> is they don't. There are, bil- there are black people that are billionaires, and I guarantee you behind Facts. closed doors, they still get called a nigga. Thank exactly. you. Like, it really, your money, like, people ask me all the time, like, oh, you, you getting a PhD? Yeah, and I'm be right back in the hood with it. Like, what? I'm not going to be like, Dr. James, like, refer to me as such. I'm coming to the... I'm coming to graduation with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on. I'm going to have my African stole on. Like, it's really, I'm using my access because a lot of people don't have access to school. And to be honest, school is a scam, but that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. But I I was one of the people who got the access to a full scholarship and stuff like that. Some people didn't get that. So am I going to use it to go and aspire to be white? No. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that? I went to school with white kids and I was very in- intelligent. And they was like, oh, you got your scholarship because you a nigga. Period. Oh, you got your scholarship because of affirmative action. It's like, no, I, I bust my ass in high school. Yeah. And took, because my mama couldn't afford school. So I, I had to make sure that I got up out of here so that I could come back and be like, y'all, this is what I actually learned with my degree. Like, let's really, like, turn up. Let's, mm-hmm. like, really build some businesses and, and go repaint the park. And it's led up in these pipes at the park. And our kids is putting our hands on them, putting their hand in their mouth. Like, have somebody come tear them down or repaint them or replace them. Like, I didn't go to school to come back and be an ass. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, I now now my tax bracket is this. I just yep. I just for what? I, yep. Because I looked at them white people in the face at school and they was like, yeah, you smart, but you still a nigga. Like you very clean and well taken care of, but you still a nigga. We never gonna accept you. Like you're never gonna be one of us. And I think that it's like we're aspiring to be white for what? Knowing what whiteness has done to the world, right? Why would I want to be that? Why would right. I want to be violent and 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 kind of psychopathic a little bit? Like no, for real, for that real. I could do this to to communities of people over time in every part of the world. We talking about globally, whiteness has like yeah. impacted everybody in a negative way. And I'm gonna take my twenty thousand dollars and go get a Birkin so I could be like the white and to be honest their birkins are five hundred thousand dollars baby they're capping you out at 20 bands you're not gonna be it you can't get the white lady birkin she got a private showroom to come and get her birkin so even though you have money you're not gonna never have their money we gotta be the change we gotta be the one we gotta be the ones to vocalize because i feel like like you said a lot of people just don't know there was a lot of times me and my girlfriend harley i'm gonna call her harley today i always give her government name on on the radio <laughs> but like there are a lot of times when we have like a lot of disagreements and i'm like ah, you the way you thinking the way you did that wasn't right mm-hmm. or you know i was always just raised to not do certain shit at all like i'd be hearing some of people's stories and how they be coming up and how they think and move and i'd be like um i don't know and she'll be like i honestly just didn't know like she'll mm-hmm. tell me she said brianna i just didn't i didn't even think about it i don't even know and i'm like okay so, and I'm not using her as an example. I'm saying, like, there's just a lot of people, they're not even know. aware that mm-hmm. that how it is just is not conducive. Yeah, I mean. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, people like us, we got to try to be more vocal. Definitely. And I think it's stuff gotta, that just, I didn't even know. Like, when I had my kid, I ended up having a C-section. And then I went to see, like, my postpartum doctor. And she was a black lady. She was like, girl, you ain't need no C-section. She's like, you could have advocated for yourself and been like, I'm going to go home yeah. and I'm going to labor some more and I'm going to come back and I'm going to not, y'all not going to rush me. So it's like everybody needs to learn something at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of like activism and organizing in Chicago is like, I'm the the person who organized this and I'm the all, I'm the Wizard of Oz and I know everything. And it's like, nah, I really go to events and even though I'm an organizer, it's like, I'm not here to, I'm here to sit in the back. Like, I'm here to learn. This is y'all's thing. Y'all, I don't do environmental justice. I don't know nothing about the soil composition and stuff like that and lead and all that. So I'm really here to take notes. If y'all want me to chop it up and talk to some people, that's cool. That's great. That's dandy. You got some parents in here that need some healing. Like, you can send them my way. That's what I do. But <laughs> but it's like, this is not my time to shine. And I think, like, we have to know, like, 
when to play to our strengths and when to mm-hmm. kind of chill and everybody wants to be the big man. Everybody yeah. wants to be this. It's like, I don't know how to fill out grants. So if somebody is trying to get a grocery store, like I know how to talk people and draw them in because of my personality. It's like, come on, come chill, come sit down. But this is not my, this is not my, this is not my ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about right. grant writing. So the, the organizer that does grant writing, like, this is their time to shine. We got to support them in that. And this has mm-hmm. been so many times where it's too many big voices in the room. Everybody wants to be the one. Yeah. And so a lot of organizing in the city, like, it doesn't happen. I feel like even with the, with the topic of safety, like, a lot of gun violence organizers have never, ever experienced gun violence in their life. Mm. It blows my mind. It's like, how are you talking about anti-gun reform and nobody around you has ever been shot. Nobody has ever been incarcerated for a firearm possession. None of that. Like, it's not personal to you. You have no buy-in in this. You want to be on the news and you want to chop it up and you want to talk about it because, of course, that's like the hot button. But, like, where are the people who are in wheelchairs who are have been paralyzed due to, like, gun violence. Yeah. Where are the people who've been outside with their kids and their kids been shot and killed? Where are the grieving mothers? Like, it's never... I have never been to a gun violence event in Chicago and there has been a grieving mother on the panel who has lost her child's gun violence. Like, I... And it just... It be like, yeah, you know, I went to school, I studied gun violence, and now I... And it's like, you went to school and you studied gun violence, she had to bury her kid. It is not the same. We want to hear what she got to say. We want to hear what she thinks about it. Like, we want to hear, like, safety reform. Uh, that We've been talking about getting guns off the streets for it, years. We've been talking about gun buyback programs. The reality is, is that people are not going to feel safe not having a gun in their house to protect themselves until gun violence is addressed. So really, it's just a cycle. Yeah, I'm going to bring, I'm a, y'all can buy back one of my firearms, but am I still going to have one in my car and in my house? Yes. Absolutely. Do you speak to gun violence a lot since you've been shot? I do not feel well-versed enough to speak to gun violence. That's crazy. Like, I got shot, but it was just like a random, no, but like, drive in the park. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I got shot. I can, I can speak to, like, being aware Mm-hmm. You know, look at your surroundings always. Like, you know, that instinct to drive off, I feel like, had to do with me as a mom. But that's still More a thing so of- than me as, like, a survival of gun violence. But can, I cannot imagine, like, somebody targeting me specifically. Mm-hmm. Can I imagine, like, being anxious that the person who shot me ain't know me, I don't know them, we probably never gonna see each other again in our life. Like, I was not a targeted victim. But can I imagine somebody, like, coming after me due to my family member and everywhere I go, I can't, I can't even go to the grocery store. They gonna find me in the grocery store. I just saw a video yesterday, people sitting at 87th at the light. Somebody got out the car, literally, ish cars all around, walked up to somebody else's car with a semi-automatic weapon and just shot all into the car. Which means they were following your car for who knows how long. I don't have that experience. I don't have that anxiety. I get to, like, I got to be shot. My family came to my house and took care of me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't have that. I had insurance. I had paid time off. I I was not paralyzed. My life was not taken. Nobody in my car was taken. I had insurance to get my car fixed. Like, a lot of people don't have it. They get shot. They lose everything. I can't go to work no more. Nobody is coming over here to take care of me. I got to bandage my own wounds and clean my own wounds. And so it's a lot of privilege in me being an educated black person with a union job Mm -hmm. that was shot versus the impoverished mama. You know what I'm saying? Of four Mm -hmm. kids. She was just walking with her kids from school. They shot her. She don't have nobody. Her family not here. She not close with her family. And she still got to be in there with a bullet hole bathing four babies and feeding four babies and cooking and and people send me like meals and stuff yeah my friends from college like girl we finna start a meal train you never gonna have to pay for groceries like i i get what you're saying but i also feel like being the non-target person my nerves would be so much on edge because now i'm going out my house and i just never fucking know because yeah. it's like that wasn't supposed to happen to you, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? But I, I commend you for being so strong because I ain't going to lie. I would be very, I would be, I'd be li- scared. I'd be I mean, you know, and when people pull up with tents, I'm like, mm, okay. Tents. And, you know, everybody's like, get a firearm. I'm like, y'all, I'm really like a nonviolent person. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I hear stories of kids going in their mama closet and pull out the gun and shoot them in the head. And I shoot themselves on accident. I'm just like... I'm not really out in the trenches like that. Like, I would need to go to the range, do a class. And of really course, like, do all of that. You know what I'm saying? But I I'm just... I think that there are more valuable voices at the table than mine. I can definitely speak to my experience and be like, yeah, it was crappy, y'all. I had to use crutches. 
they tore my armpit up, like ripped all the skin you're off. So like you know what? I had a scooter in the house, but like I said, every day I woke up, somebody's at my house. Like here go food for the day. I'm gonna take your kids to daycare. You know, so yeah. I like I was more on the cushy end of it. So I always say, you know, there are people whose lives were changed due to gun violence. There are people who like lost their husbands and wives, and like you know, like so, me and my kid, pretty yeah. my kid was pretty unscathed like his dad came to get him from the scene of the crime and he went home to jump on a trampoline you know like so and he's a little guy so it's just like la da da if he was like five six seven that would have impacted him deeply because he would be able to understand like dang like those are gunshots mommy had to get in the ambulance he kind of was just like eh, i'm back at daddy house like i don't i don't really know what's happening so i think maybe i don't know something is giving me like a way to get like people who are victims of gunshots together so they can mm-hmm. share their stories. Like a support, yeah. Like a, a group or like a way to turn their stories. I don't know. I feel like our people need to hear about the damage that guns can do. Mm-hmm. When you hear about it, then maybe you will do it a little bit different. I think that yeah. that's also, you like, yeah. you know, people, these young kids, some of them, they got guns, but they haven't shot them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, they out here, they ain't did shit with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, it's but let's, 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 yeah. let's teach you what can happen when you decide to do this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's what some, the community needs something. They needs a heart somewhere. They need to feel something so they can understand the the repercussions of those actions. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like the, the damages that you're leaving, the pieces you're behind to people. Like, I don't know. That's just that's the energy I get from when I listen to that because I don't really think about the people who have been shot who are in like wheelchairs. Yeah, like they yeah. never they, they never get to experience life the same. Mm-hmm. No, or just like every it's really a lose lose when it comes to guns because it's like I take a life that impacts my that life mind. lives with me yeah. forever. That, like, like I'm not like pal. Let me go in the house and eat a sandwich. Like and anybody who says that they can do that is maybe a sociopath. Our, our gang members, but they need therapy. People, yeah. Like normal people every day. And then like I tell people all the time, like we pushing people into these situations. Like nobody wakes up when they're 12 and aspires to be a gangbanger. Like nobody is like, yeah, at career day, oh, y'all got some gang members coming in? Like, no, first of all. And then if we talking about the history of gangs, gangs really used to hold it down. And like they were, it, not and was, it was not like they, they out were there shooting to protect. kids. And they yeah. were there to yeah. protect. Yeah. Definitely they there really to protect. They protected women and children. So I feel like nobody is like, yeah, let me go be in a gang. It's like my mama don't have no food in the house. I'm the 12-year-old. I'm the oldest sibling. Shorty on the corner said I can make $100 today. I'm just going to go, I'm gonna go do it. Yeah. Then you fast forward, they 16. It's all that. They've been doing it for four years. They 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 experience a type of satisfaction because they're able to take care of their family now. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand that as soon as you do something differently, you die. Like, yeah. as soon as you get into it with somebody off another block, yeah, you're able to take care of your parents now and your mom is able to have groceries, but your mama now is at risk of losing her child. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really like a lose-lose because it's like I got this. And, and when I talk to a lot of young guys about who they, I know they, they come to the rallies with a gun, but their sense of anxiety and dread about life as like 15 year olds. I, when I was 15, I was like, la di da I'm going to the party, turning up with my friends. High school is lit. Like I'm a, I never was like today I might die or right. tomorrow somebody might shoot my brains out or like just like to carry that as a adolescent teenager is something that even as like in my late 20s people don't understand it's like that was not my experience as a 15 year old yeah. i can't speak to my mama dropped me off at school every day. <laughs> like, yeah. i yeah. was literally like living it up i could get in a car with my friends and we could ride and go get food and stuff like that and nobody was like shooting at our car so yeah. it's just even a different generation when it comes to like what guns signify for kids like kids really feel like they have to protect themselves all the time and I feel like back then it was like you had to know how to fight. Like, that was your protection. I know. Boom. Yeah. Somebody tried to fight you, you fight somebody else. Now it's like, can I imagine my my son turning 15 and being like, Mama, I had to get a gun because I felt like I had to protect myself at school because somebody's mm-hmm. going to come kill me. That would just, like, shatter my heart. But that's kind of 
the environment that we have created because even if I'm and even it don't even have to be that somebody is coming to get me it's just that this is my neighborhood I know what happened in my neighborhood am I gonna be walking my sister to school and somebody pull out a gun and I'm not able to protect her no I'm gonna have to yeah. go get a gun and a lot of kids really don't see that as a choice and then a lot of the older guys who like have lived that experience can't talk to them because they're incarcerated if we had some type of program where a lot of these older guys who did who are in jail for like firearm possession, drugs, all these crimes would come and talk to these little guys and be like, I've been in here for 40 years. I'm going to die here. This is not it. That would be a lot more beneficial than Grandma Mabel on the block being like, get in the house, y'all. This ain't, yeah. They like, girl, shut up. What you know about it? Right. So I just want to say youth centers then. Yeah. That's what yeah. we need. That is what we need. It's what the community needs. That's what we're going to strive. That's going to be our next goal, whether it be together or individually. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I just feel like it alleviates a lot. And then we can work on the restructuring of the black community and their mental. Because that's another one. But youth centers. that's yeah, I, yeah. We cannot emphasize. Like, people don't probably think about it. But they're, they're pivotal. You know, yeah, they they're are. important. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I hope that whoever hears this, whatever young person that you know, help is on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Help is on the way. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, you know, you got, there are other things, other avenues. Got to try to just help them out. We just got to help them out. It's on us. You know, we can't see it and not do nothing. We got to, we got to see it, speak on it and be like, okay. And these are your options. Yeah. Here. Choose one. Okay. Now, if you, if I give you A and B and you choose C, that's on you. Yeah. But I'd make sh- I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I did give you A and B. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even have that. So it's like, you know, man. as long as we look out for them in the next coming years, I think that we going I think that we going to shape reshape a lot of things. Yeah. Definitely. So. It's on the we on the up and up. We had a this was a good vibe. It was <laughs> it a good was. conversation. I enjoyed having you here. Thank y'all. Thank you, y'all. She Thank talks y'all. like me. She talks a lot just like me. <laughs> Cuz yeah. I'll go a mile a minute. Look, yeah. not and actually that's not fast enough. <laughs> uh-uh, you so silly. <laughs> that's not fast Actually, enough. that's not fast enough. Yes, but this, this was nice. Hopefully, one day you'll come with us again. Definitely. Give your energy. Come and chop it up. Your insight. Because this was Please fun. Do. I yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you know, you and honestly, hopefully, you and I can talk. Because I would love to try to get into more, like, situations. You know, some some the speaking engagements. The weekend is going to be a big one. I'm going to have my kids, but of, I'll do what I can. It's going to be a lot of, like, you know, like, events for black parents who mm-hmm. want to, like, kind of, you know, talk about violence and how it affects their kids. Like, very safe, mm-hmm. protected, you know, bouncy house in the park, 12 to 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we not like we're not fun. out here to 10. Safe, yeah, safe fun. Safe fun. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know why we got to stay out till 2 a.m. Oh, please. Let's just safe really, like. Summer, and I tell people all the time, we really can't tell grown men what to do. No, I'm telling But y'all really, like, let the kids experience <laughs> no, the yeah. summer. Like, please let, do. let's do a nice 6, 7 cutoff. Like, let people get their kids in the house before y'all do what y'all choose to do. It's just. We we obviously know that y'all always are gonna have the mentality that I do what I want. I'm a grown man, but like y'all have to. We we gotta stop killing kids. Like yeah. we're literally Please stop killing. We're kids. eliminating a whole generation, and and when they're gone, what it's gonna be such a large gap. Yeah. yeah. That it's gonna be like what and 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 my other thing is if you're gonna have a firearm, please learn how to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way you was looking for Mookie and a bullet went through. Yeah. Miss Susan's house on the whole other side of the city. Yeah. Please, like, let's cut it that. out. I don't condone violence, but I think, like, let's have some structure to it. I can't Please, tell you son. who to have beef with. I can't tell you who not to have beef with, but I can tell you to make to hit your target and don't kill the six-year-old that just happens to be outside trying to just enjoy the weather. These kids have been in the house for two years. Yep. Let these kids have a summer. Like, don't, why are you at the pool shooting? Okay. Why are you at the mall shooting? Why are you? Why are you, at, so why are you shooting? Yeah, what, why are you what so is upset? It? Why? Why does it have to go to? I want to shoot you now. Just like like heat. my little sister but, say, people shooting because they can't fight. That's really because, honey. Yeah. If we could throw hands, we could throw hands. But baby. it's like, baby, you gonna get beat up. And so because you know that you're not really doing what you within the hands area. You can't throw them things. <laughs> you just gonna shoot people, and it's just like what? Like let's bring back fighting. Can we let's bring let's, let's let's put a, a boxing ring in the middle of the hood and let people come hash it out. Like 
Take me back. Seriously. To the good old days. Take me back to the good old days. Fight and, and that one fight be it. And that if you one feel like you didn't get your lick, maybe two and let's call it. But y'all really out here with military grade weapons at the pool. And we got to <laughs> chill out, y'all. Y'all got to chill at out. The pool. At the pool. Where? How did you get it in here? Where Where was it hot? You put it in the beach bag, baby. Yeah. Exactly. Like, come on now. We just got to do better. But... The we restructuring know. girl. We listen. We on the right we path. We, we got. We go, we on the right path. Safe we listen. Safe summer. Safe summer. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. We gonna do it. We gonna yes. do it. And we when got you this. need some healing, holler at Jasmine. Come on, y'all. We having some some workshops for parents this summer. Yes. I'm please. all about just sharing, like being like, I'm a mom of a six year old. I don't know what I'm doing. And another mom of a six year old being like, Girl, I ain't know what I was doing either, but I figured it out. Let's have a play date. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You help her, she help you. Y'all got a babysitting vibe. Y'all got a little ecosystem. Y'all kids can play together. Y'all could do some wine nights as mamas without the kids. And we just, we gonna work on it. Because it's really, it's the parents. Yeah. It's the parents. These eight-year-olds outside have a parent. Yeah. yeah. And the question is, what's right. going on? Yeah. Where's yeah. the mama? Where's the daddy? So, it's gonna be a good summer, y'all. Thank it you is. for coming Speaking with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you for that. coming. No I'm problem. so happy that you came. I am too. Even in the rain. Look, yes, in the rain. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to get up out of here. Um, Millie, did you have any closing remarks? I really don't. I just want to say again, we're going to be safe. I want everybody to enjoy their summer and get the healing that you need. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, agreed. Yes. Because, you know, I love y'all, and I hate seeing that we keep losing one of us. Yeah. So... Let's just be, let's share love, y'all. Let's come, let's, let's do things differently. Yes. yes. Let's do things differently. Let's, you know, so. And on that note, we out of here. We out. How was that?